we have no files in our brain and as we're born we start to create files in our brain which are belief systems and mostly what happens is we we, we grow up in, a, in an environment that's quite fear-based and we get told no stop don't do this don't do that and so we start to file these belief systems about I'm not good enough I'm not worthy I don't deserve it and then as we file these belief systems they're what's called neuronets Welcome to Laugh Lonely Podcast Show Season 2. Simplify your systems to amplify your results. I am JC Jeanette Cremor. I interview amazing guests to hear their stories and we share practical advice to plan and implement your business projects. Hope you enjoy this episode. Hi listeners, today I have with me my Chief Energy Officer, Mel Taylor from Success on Purpose. I'm so excited to have her with me. Um, she helps me every year um, through my business planning and we'll jump a little bit more into that later. But Mel herself helps hundreds of professionals verge through burnout um, and discover the ways that they can reclaim their balance and success in life. She's a sought after speaker on this topic as well. And her background, I'll let her share a little bit about that. I won't take her thunder, um, but it's an incredible journey and the lessons that she's now helping um, others with. But for me, I think her um, summing up that she's a student of the University of Life is just sums up what I believe Mel is and that she shines the light on everyone. And I'm so excited to have her here today. So hi, Mel. How are you? I'm gorgeous. Very well. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now... You call yourself the Chief Energy Officer at Success on Purpose, and I love that for the CEO. Explain how you got there where I know you came from nursing. Yes, yes. I was a nurse for 20 years, very grateful and absolutely adored it. And I worked in oncology and then I specialised in palliative care. So I was looking after dying people every day and I would go to their homes and I would sit with them and talk about how amazing they were and how amazing their lives were. And I would bring that out of them because no one thought they were very amazing. No one thought their life was, I suppose, purposeful, was impactful. And then as I would sit down with them, I would just start to ask a few questions and the next thing they'd be like, oh my God, wow, yeah, I didn't realise I did that. Wow, yeah, I didn't realise I, you know, I did that. And so I allowed them to see that they were very purposeful and then, of course, then they transition out um, to the next world, wherever that is, um, with, with, with peace. That they, you know, their life, they mattered and their life mattered. Um, but I suppose in doing that work with them, I realised that I didn't think I mattered. <laughs> I didn't feel like I had purpose in life. While I loved what I was doing, I realised I was probably hiding. I was actually probably quite low in energy. I was up and down all the time. I was on a bit of a merry-go-ride, uh, mm. very stressed, a lot of burnout, uh, depression. And, yeah, thankfully well, for a broken wrist, when I broke my wrist, that was a beautiful uh, kick from the universe to change my ways. But working with yeah, people that were dying, they just made me realise that, oh my God, I'm not living life to the fullest. Life is very short. Anything can happen at any time. And uh, the defining moment was when I was in the office at work and one of the 
my um, colleagues were talking about how she was going to speak at a conference. And I was just in awe of her because I was just this absolutely nervous wreck. <laughs> and she said um, how she was going to do, you know, public speaking. And I said, oh, my God. I said, I was just like, wow, that's amazing. I said, I would rather die than do public speaking. And I used to say it a lot and I was not scared of death. One, I owe like I did so much work on myself to hold a safe I had to be so uh, comfortable with death to hold a safe space for others to feel comfortable about their transition process. And I actually saw those words come out of my mouth and yeah, something shifted in me and I just went, that's not okay. I was just seeing, you know, client patients that were my age, younger, you know, in their thirties. And I thought they would do anything to have the opportunities I've got. And so I went, no, nah, it's not okay anymore. And then, yeah, I started to step out of my comfort zone really. And I suppose work on my energy and yeah, things I used to, you know, did my nursing on the side and develop my business. And then, yeah, life started to go down a whole new direction. And now I'm very grateful for, for that experience that I had. And, you know, they taught me that, yeah, life is short to live it to the fullest. And um, it's a lot to be grateful for mm. and a lot that, that we can support others in as well. Yeah, and not only your business is called Success on Purpose, but you wrote a book. I did, yes. That's another thing that I did. None of this was really planned. <laughs> uh, I did it, yeah. Well, I was very, honestly, I was very happy as a nurse. I absolutely loved it. I adored it. Uh, but, yeah, world started to open up for me as I started to work on myself, my limiting beliefs, my fears. And I was in a business networking group and I was, had no idea about business and, but loved, you know, love learning, have a love of learning. And I was learning and they talked about credibility, credit, what was it? Credibility, visibility, profitability. And so I was working on the credibility and they said, suggested to go off to this workshop. And I went to this workshop on credibility. I don't think I really knew what it was. And off I go. And next thing, there's this lady, this beautiful woman is talking about writing a book. And she said about writing a book to your past self. And it was like some lightning bolt came through the room into my heart and just hit me. And I just had this moment of like tears and I went, oh my God, that's what I have to do. I have to write a book to my past self because I've really struggled with life. <laughs> yeah, anxious, depressed. And yeah, I just had this knowing that's what I had to do. And so I did. And yeah, it's been an amazing, that was probably the yeah, start of my, my journey. And I've helped so many people in, because everyone that reads it is, is, it's a little book of wisdom, what I would have wanted to hear. And I suppose that's the work I'm doing now is I'm just teaching people what we should have learned at school. <laughs> All the important stuff. I'm like, and, and my parents, although, you know, um, they have their own beliefs. I sent your book to my mum and dad many years ago. Oh, geez. How long ago did you author that book now? Six? 2014 that was. Yeah. Six years ago. Yeah. Mm. And I sent it to my parents and I can remember um dad reading a few pages and ringing me and just going does this lady know me and I went no dad it's what we all experience but she's actually put it into words for us to actually relate to and the thing that you talk about a lot is our limiting beliefs 
And that's what you help me with in my business and my purpose um, on what my success is and why am I here. So I wanted to probably go down that path quickly and help people understand what limit, what are limiting beliefs and why do they get in our way of success of our worthiness? Yeah, it's a very good question. That <laughs> um, purposefully designed to get in our way. So they create pain <laughs> because we don't move to pleasure, but we will move away from pain. So my limiting beliefs and my pain, so my, my anxiety, my depression, my fears, my shames, my guilt was actually my best, my gift, my best gift and my driver um, to go and unpack these limiting beliefs. And I do have a very you know, medical background with um, being a nurse. And then I actually took myself on a journey as well of self-discovery because I became very fascinated by life. <laughs> I was struggling with life. I was looking after people that were dying and I just thought, what's going on here? This is crazy. Like life just didn't make sense to me at all. And so I started to do this, this self-discovery and I started learning and studying all different religions, philosophies. And then I came across metaphysics. So pretty much this was just Googling. Uh, and also then I started working with a mentor and what I found was that, um, we can change our brain. <laughs> and I was always taught in you know, medicine that you can't change your brain. It's fixed. Mm. And I started to become aware that you actually can. And, you know, there's words out there now, neuroplasticity, all these flush things. But basically what happens is that we have no files in our brain. And as we're born, we start to create files in our brain, which are belief systems. And mostly what happens is we, we, we grow up in, a, in a, an environment that's quite fear-based. And we get told, no, stop, don't do this, don't do that. And so we start to file these belief systems about I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I don't deserve it. And then as we file these belief systems, they're what's called neuronets. And then this is the subconscious mind. So this is the part under the surface that we're not consciously aware of. But that's the most powerful part that is driving 95% of our day. So what's working out, what's not working out is through the subconscious mind. And then the subconscious mind says, I must be right and keep you safe. So I will bring more of that to you. So when you have a limiting belief, I'm not good enough, the brain says, I must be right and keep you safe. I will bring more of that to you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you're constantly affirming, you know, I'm not good enough. And like lots of things happen for me just at school, um, humiliated in front of the class. Uh, we we're just talking about numbers before. Got uh, very uh, embarrassed and not picked on is probably the right word. I think my, my teacher was doing his best, but um, I, I, then I, in grade three, I developed a fear of maths because I was, um, yeah, humiliated, let's say, in front of the class in maths. So then I file a belief system, maths is not safe. <laughs> Um, and so what happens is we have all these belief systems and research says from zero to seven, you start filing these belief systems. But with my reality and the work I've done on myself, it was certainly longer, uh, extended out past that into my teenage years that I'd filed all these belief systems. And the thing is, is that they're based in fear, um, which puts our body in a stress response. And then as a neuronet fires, like around I'm not good enough, 
and then the brain makes a preceding emotion attached to it. And then it will make fear-based ones like guilt, like shame, and then it secretes it from the brain down into the cells of the body. And our body gets a massive chemical hit, a charge from fear-based emotions. It actually loves it. <laughs> and then... Addictive. It, it's very addictive. Addictive, yeah. Yeah. And the only reason we do anything is to actually create a chemical, a feeling. And so what happens, and this is, was my reality, is I became addicted to fear, addicted to shame, addicted to that embarrassment, humiliation energy. And so I kept creating a situation so my body would get its rush. And then when I started to do this, this metaphysics understanding and the map of consciousness and understanding that shame is right down the bottom, the most densest, heaviest emotion and the most addictive. It's like, I call it the heroine. It's our heroine. Mm. And so our limiting beliefs are made while we're young. This is why I love working with people that have had challenges in life <laughs> because as we work on the shame and shift it, then we teach the brain to make powerful belief systems. I am good enough. And then the brain says, I must be right and keep you safe. I will bring more. I am good enough to you. And so then life starts to get easy. <laughs> then your body start, your brain starts to make higher vibrating emotions like love, peace and joy. Uh, and then as you get older, you actually feel younger. <laughs> so I feel younger every year because my brain is making these higher vibrating emotions, which don't take as much energy and put your body in what's called a state of homeostasis where all your cells just balance out. They know what to do. And this is how you get true wealth and, and, and health and, and wellness uh, and abundance as well. So from doing all this work on myself and shifting my belief systems, because we have so many belief systems around the reality of our, of our environment and particularly our parents. And for me, I grew up in a well, it was a beautiful environment. It was perfect for me. Uh, and none of my family were entrepreneurs, business owners. And so I had to do a lot of mindset work to shift my belief systems, especially on money as well. Um, because, you know, you're brought up, I was that a lot of fear, I suppose, around money, but it doesn't grow on trees, all this stuff. And it seeps into your subconscious mind. Yeah. Mine was, um, mine was, if you're going to do something well, do it right the first time or don't do it at all. That was oh. one that I've played over and over and over in my life. And as a business owner, it's, it's crippling that, well, that, yeah. that limiting belief. So I've had to work with you mm. um, to peel those back and work with our inner child. But uh, yeah, so, wow. So there's so many that can get in our way, isn't there? All those limiting beliefs. But we want them. <laughs> This is what like, I work with people that know that in order to grow, you want to know your limiting beliefs. You mm -hmm. want to know where your shame is, your guilt is, your fears. Uh, a lot of people will be like, oh, I don't have any limiting beliefs. I don't have any. And I think, oh, you do, <laughs> but they're in your subconscious. And when you can bring these to light, you can really shift them. But a lot of people don't want to know about them. And then that just keeps them stuck. And what I learned in my reality with palliative care is that's what causes disease. All of these smoldering emotions, fear-based emotions underneath the surface that get stored in our body actually make us sick. 
So you want to know these, you want to bring them up, you want to release them uh, and teach your body how to shift into the, the relaxation zone, the parasympathetic nervous system so that you can have it all. <laughs> you can live life abundantly. So they're actually, yeah, that's my, they're not in the way because as we, as we become aware of them, we change the neuroplasticity in our brain, life becomes easy. It's and it's crazy, like when, especially when you're so used to such a hard life and then things started so easy for me now. And I'm like, like people, you know, I'm like, hang on, <laughs> what's this? You have to work hard. How can this be? You know, it's not supposed to be so easy because, you know, that's another ingrained belief system I had. You have to work hard to be worthy. Yeah, um, get it. Yeah, yeah. I, I Look, I really love your book, but I love the way that you help people simply, like, Easy is a key word in your language, I know. And you created this workshop called Seven Steps to Receive. Um, it's, it's a very powerful workshop. So share with us kind of why you created that workshop and maybe three things that people could do in their day to start practising. Yes, absolutely. So why do we always create things? Because we need to learn them. <laughs> So I had to learn it. So it's seven steps of permission to receive. I had to learn how to receive. I didn't know how to receive. Absolutely hopeless. Give, give, give to the cows come home. Brought up in the country. My mum's one of 10, very Catholic. And we just got taught, you just give. And you give the shirt off your back, and which is beautiful. But it's at the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's the detriment of yourself. Because mm. <laughs> then you end up, you know, freezing cold um, with you know, hypothermia because you don't have a shirt. And really yeah. what that says is I don't deserve it. I don't deserve to have a shirt and it's not an abundant uh, reality. So especially being a nurse, an incredible giver. So I had to learn how to, to receive and I had lots of blocks around that and receiving actually means self-love. I had to learn how to love myself. I was my biggest critic, my worst friend, <laughs> the most judgmental. And I just put so much, I was a very high achiever. I did very well in academia, doer, you name it, I was doing it. And the reason I was so busy and doing was because I didn't want to spend any time on my own. Because then the limiting beliefs, those thoughts would come up. Mm. You're not good enough. You're this, you're that. So I just created so much busyness. I mean, they were still there and I, but I just <laughs> so busy, so I couldn't hear them. And so, yeah, this is what I do. And I also teach how to shift into the parasympathetic nervous system. So the relaxation response, because our body is very wide in the stress response. And the stress response is designed to be turned on and then turned off. So it's actually, a, it's, a, it's an important system. As a business owner, it's good to have a little bit of stress, you know, moves you to the next level. You get some adrenaline and cortisol that heightens you. You can, you know, be on. And then it's designed to be turned off and you flip back into this parasympathetic nervous system, which is a rest and digest. That's when your body heals. But what's happened in our society is we've turned this switch on and we've left it on. Mm. Mm, and it's it. incredibly... Yeah, destructive. And I'm so grateful that I had such severe anxiety because I was so aware of how stressed my body was and the pain of it. And I was too stubborn to take any medications or anything. And so one day I decided that I would meditate. <laughs> like, I need to meditate. Bloody hell. People keep telling me about it and I've just got to do it. <laughs> um, and so, being the high achiever that I am, went right, 
I'm going to do it. And so I did it every day for 30 days. I started on the 1st of September through a, 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 it's a, a Buddhist, not a Buddhist, a Brahma Kamaras it's called. So it's a Hindu practice. And I went to this six week course and they talked about it and something resonated with me and I thought, oh yeah, now I get it. Because if I understand the, which you, you um, resonate with, if I know the science, if I know the reason behind why I'm to do something, then I will do it. But I suppose there was a lot of fluff <laughs> around love <laughs> and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So I was like, well, why would you, why would you love yourself? Like I yeah. couldn't, I get that concept. And so when I started to understand the brain and, and the stress response, then I thought, oh, okay, so this is what actually make me more successful if I meditate. Okay, my brain will work better, have more clarity. Okay, well, I will do that. And so I did it every day for 30 days for five minutes a day. And at the, this was like the magic pill I've been searching for because at the end of those 30 days, I didn't have anxiety for two hours. And that was just like, oh, my God. And so then that was just this gold. And so it spurred me on to keep going. And, and then that's when I realised, wow, our bodies are so wired to stress. Mm. And I had to teach my, my body, my brain, how to relax. And so this was, God, I don't know, eight, nine years ago now. And so basically that's what I do in the workshop is I teach people how to relax, how to receive, how to release these limiting belief systems and change the wiring. So we're making higher vibrating emotions. And at the end of the workshop, so we go through quite a few uh, beautiful processes, but the three things at the end is I teach people to do their own 30 day habit so that then they're anchoring, they're starting to build pathways in this direction of the relaxation zone. And so the three things, my number one, every day of the week and twice on Sundays is deep breathing. So doing a practice of deep breathing every day for one to five minutes. And you do it every day and you do it, I say you do it and you do it badly because every part of your body, your brain, your subconscious mind will come in to try to sabotage you from success, from rewiring your brain in this other direction, because it's more invested in these shame and guilt type Mm. uh, emotions. So that's the the one thing. And the reason why deep breathing is important, well, number one, we need oxygen. So the number one thing we need the most. (laughs) It's the number one thing we don't give our body. So really simple. And then when we take a deep breath, we stretch the vagus nerve, which is in the bottom of our stomach. And that sends a message to our brain to turn on this relaxation response. So it's really simple. We've got this inbuilt system there. And when we start to use it, it is, as I said, like the magic pill. So I yeah, recommend for every, it's different for everybody because if you're quite stressed, then I've got lots of clients that we start with one minute a day. That's success. Mm. <laughs> Sitting there just for one minute a day is, is success. And then it's just building that up. Some people might have already been doing a bit of work on themselves. So then five minutes. But the key is every single day. Not skipping one day, not... Yes, that's right. Yes. No. Yes. Yes, I'm I'm kind of sitting here trying not to um, feel the guilt, but yes, I haven't been doing it every day, Mel. And yes, thank you for the reminder. Thank you for the reminder. Every day, because otherwise you start making new pathways and then when you stop for a day, it goes back into the old ones. Mm. It's all a wiring system. You get this. You know. Yeah, I, yeah. 
science. It's yes. Wiring. It's all wiring. And so what I, I've got one here because I showed one of my clients, I gave him a, a bit of a snack this morning because he's been, he hasn't been doing this. <laughs> so I'm, I said five minutes a day, that's all you have to do. And spoke to him last week about it. We've been working together for two years. And then I spoke to him this morning. How'd you go? Yes, I did it this morning, Mel. I said, yeah, what about <laughs> the rest of the week? <laughs> no, I didn't do it. I said, right, this is it. You are doing it every day from now on. Five minutes a day, that's it. And he goes, yes, Mel, I will. Yes, I will. And so what I did, you, you guys won't be able to see this, but you make a habit card. You make a 30-day calendar and you day one to 30 and you tick it off every day. And so that's what I do. I'm always doing a new 30-day habit because why? I want different results. And in order to get those different results, I know I need to make myself more relaxed. Because when you feel more safe and relaxed in your body, you start to, to do things you would not normally do. You start to step outside of your comfort zone. You start to take risks. And also what that does is allows beautiful spirit energy. So universal energy, whatever you want to call it, loving energy, you get more of that in your body. And so then you have more energy, more intuition, mm. more knowing about stuff. Mm. And then this also raises your vibration to abundance. And then money just starts coming in the door and you're just like, wow, <laughs> what's going on here? Because it's just energy. Mm. It's just energy. So that's my number one is deep breathing. My number two is journaling. Just journaling every day. Just writing out how you feel. It's the best way to get out of your head <laughs> and into your heart and just honour how you feel for the day. Good, bad, ugly, whatever. Uh, and then the third one is gratitude. So doing a practice of gratitude every day, but not to the universe, not to water, not to air, but to you. What are you grateful for for you today? What do you notice about yourself? So three things that you did well today um, because this builds more confidence, more self-esteem and more self-worth. And once mm. again, as a business owner, <laughs> um, then you start taking you know, risks, doing different things. Um, and also this is the way to heal your body as well. Yeah, that it's, yeah, it's brilliant what you've put together. And um, at the end, I'll put on my website how people can book into your workshops too um, so that they actually have a link through to your um, events page on your website. Because I think you've now got them virtual at the moment. Is that right? Yes, we've just gone international. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and look, I had lots of anxiety around that last week. I was a bit nervous and, you know, had this excitement, sort of nervous feeling and um, about will it be as amazing as it is in person because mm -hmm. so much magic happens in the four hours. And I just had to get out of, you know, once again, I'm me, I'm getting out of my comfort zone and I just had to trust and it was incredible. It went so well. And so now I get to, you know, support a broader audience, which is mm -hmm. just beautiful. Yeah, because I know you were doing them um, in each of the states, I think Queensland, New South Wales and Victoria, but now you can go international. Yes. Thank well, you. the comfort of the home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, don't look below the desk. Right, my <laughs> yeah, boots. The Ugg boots, yeah. Yeah, i got socks on. So. <laughs> <laughs> this um, comfy. That's right. So we are in isolation and I think uh, my podcast last week I t talked about um, isolation and how 
I'm seeing things through my filters, my values, because I have worked on this work with you, but I also am very clear about what I need to focus on in times of uncertainty. And I mentioned mine were family, creativity and trust. You're working with a lot of people, um, business owners, entrepreneurs. Um, what are you finding people are most struggling with in being in isolation? Control. Mm. I can't control it. Yeah. <laughs> my control freaks. My God, have I done work on control? Yeah. Oh, I was a because con control keeps us safe. And when we're young and we don't feel safe, we cre create control in our life. So I became very OCD. I had a lot of yeah stuff growing up. My dad was quite uh, depressed, anxious. Uh, unstable. I was the firstborn. I used to hook into that energy, um, vying for dad's love, um, and started to put on taking these living belief systems through, you know, a lot of things that happened. And what I could control, I couldn't control what was going on at home in my environment, but what I could control was me. I was a neat freak. Mm. <laughs> I used to colour code. <laughs> crazy person I used to color code um all of my hangers and all my clothes and I shared a room with my sister and I'd have like a line down the middle and she was like really messy and I was really neat and so I, be I became a control freak and so it's purposeful during those times but we get older and we're not that child anymore <laughs> we don't have to create that control for safety because we are safe in the world but our brain doesn't know that. And so it holds on to control as much as we can. And so everyone's been faced into having to give up control now, go with the flow. And that's, that's incredibly challenging. Mm. So maybe they can practice your three tips, breathing, journaling, and gratitude. Absolutely. And the, particularly the journaling is, well, you, you need to be, you know, if you're not doing a practice of meditation now, you're crazy because <laughs> you need to, well, you need to manage your state and your energies because we haven't got the busyness that we would usually use to mask a lot of things that are going on. So I just increase my practice to twice a day. So that's my 30 day habit. I'm doing twice daily meditation and it's been beautiful because I've been able to just, you know, stay so calm throughout this time. But the thing is, is for control freaks is to journal how you're feeling, journal the frustration, journal the anger and allow it to release um, from your body. Otherwise, you just want to explode mm. <laughs> because, yeah, there's so much uncertainty right now. And it's a beautiful time, I suppose, with the gratitude as well is because the only certainty we have is ourselves. Yes. And, and how we respond. That's mm. what we can control. Yes. Mm. Yeah. And, and I think we were talking earlier before we came um, to the recording of how grateful I am to the basic things like this morning, the sun was out. So I took my towels out of the washing machine and hung them out on the line. And I just went, isn't it a beautiful crisp morning? And here I am in my slippers and hanging the washing out. And it was like, ah, oh, it's those moments that really matter to me now. Like it's, mm. Yeah, simple things, but they mean a lot to me. Um, Absolutely. Mm. My goal now is on the weekends, I'll go for a long walk. I'll go and buy a takeaway coffee and a piece of banana bread. Yeah. 
And that is just, it's just heaven for me. That's my, wow. Yeah. And yep. like how, how much did I um, not take for, for, how much did I take for granted a coffee, a takeaway coffee? You just went and bought them whenever you wanted one. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's that. So you are your chief energy officer. So how do you maintain your energy levels when you're helping so many other people? And you talked about you're doing two meditations a day and you go for your walks. Is there anything else that you do to keep your energy levels manageable? Yeah, God, heaps. So this will sound like quite exhausting, but knowing that this has been a long time and I've built on this. Yeah. <laughs> That's why 30-day habits, you start with one and then you add on to that and add on to that and all of that. So my morning, I get up at 5.30. Uh, might be a bit earlier if I want to go for a walk. Uh, I used to do spin classes, but I'm not doing that anymore. So it's um, about a half an hour of meditation and journaling, writing out my intentions for the day and, and my gratitudes for the day. And then I'll have, you know, breakfast and all that sort of thing. Uh, and then before I go into my office, I do a dance. Mm -hmm. So I put a song on, so the same song, um, which is my excitement sort of pump up, you know, dance. And then what I'm getting good at now is breaks I've actually scheduled in a, a one hour lunch break every day because I was tending to go with the flow previously but I can't go with the flow anymore because my business is very busy and so I have to look after myself so now scheduled in breaks so every I know what's happening at every moment um, and then in between each client like I'll just quickly you know stand up and do another little jig and then you know come back uh, and then throughout the day, every time I go to the toilet, that's my anchor point to take some deep breaths. And I do a little mantra as I take nice deep breaths. So I'm constantly centering myself in the parasympathetic nervous system, the relaxation response. Um, and then I have um, my non-negotiables I talk about. So one of them is a bath once a week. That's an absolute must for me. Um, my Pilates, I do that once a week as well. And then the, the longer walk, like the hike, um, you know, once a week as well. Uh, and then at night, I have quite a routine as well where I do more gratitude work. I do meditation and journaling. Um, and I get a lot out of um, affirmations and like so reading things as well that I have written that have sort of come through from my higher self. And on mirror work, I didn't say that. I do mirror work in the morning as well as soon as I get up. And that's, um, you look into your eyes and whatever inner child you're working on, but whatever belief system, um, you're reaffirming, you're affirming the new one. Uh, and that builds what's called the limbic system in the brain, which is behind the eyes as an emotional centre. And that flips that. It's called the autonomic nervous system. And that flips it into the relaxation response. So once again, teaching the brain how to stay in that relaxation response. So it's all these things. Um, and then as stuff comes up, so especially a lot right now, um, because I, uh, you know, I'm always working on my own control freak. And so I was flat out this week and I was feeling busy, overwhelmed, and I don't like being busy. And I'm like, mm. oh, what's going on here? So I did some journaling, did some writing, uh, released some fears around a you know my teenagers years um and then i just had to do things differently so i had to pull my whole calendar apart 
and mm-hmm. I just had to structure everyone in. Clients, that's their spot, that's it. And um, so I suppose I'm learning constantly to go with the flow as wow. well. Well, that's good to hear because I actually talked about that a couple of episodes ago about creating your own version of business as usual in what you know, uncertain times. And one of the things was, it was about blocking out your week ahead and really put the deliberate areas in, you know, when's my time, my self-care time, my self-love time versus when's my team's time, my client times, when am I doing project work? And it's, yeah, having that structure in your week gives you that self sense of control, but it actually empowers you to have that freedom of energy. So yeah, that's a good point to remind everyone to, uh, book out their non-negotiables in their week yeah well I have to I'm no good I'm a very emotional being (laughs) so if I'm not because my emotions are very high in in whichever response so if I'm in a stress response they're really high if I'm in a relaxation response they're really high so look I work on it every single day I have to like um because I know I, I could easily be um depressed if I don't have creation going on creative energy doing new things stepping out of my comfort zone constantly then I can go into depression I get bored Mm. wow people are going to benefit like I've been so grateful when we met through our business mentoring program many 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 years ago Mm -hmm. um, that I've learned so much from you and you've helped so many people including me and my family um especially when my mum was dying, um, you were able to, uh, to help us there. I'm forever grateful for that. Aww. And um, so how can people, how can listeners, people that are interested in this, understand more about your programs, your workshops, and also buy your book? Is it to go to your website or where else? Yes. My, well, the website's the, the main space, which has got, you know, the events, the books and everything. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel. So uh, we're uploading, uh, a, I do a Facebook Live every week, um, all my interviews. So we, we upload them there to Success on Purpose as well. Um, there's Instagram, of course, and Facebook. Mm-hmm. So that's, um, and Joyful Entrepreneurs. So I've got a networking group as well. Um, that's a, a secret a private group that um, uh, that people can ask to be invited into as well so that they can um, feel a part of a community, share, promote their business as well um, and just, yeah, I'm all about supporting each other, you know. Mm. We're all the same. Like I used to have people on pedestals left, right and centre. <laughs> I had everyone better than me. I had myself in the pit. But we're all the same and we're just all here to support each other. We've all got amazing skills and strengths to share. And so, yeah, we're, we're, we're better. We're better together. Thank you so much, Mel, for your time. I've really enjoyed catching up again. And uh, there's no doubt that you do have the cure and um, people just need to follow you and join one of your workshops and they'll know. So thank you so much. You're welcome, gorgeous. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I would love for you to subscribe, tell others about the show and share with them the insights you gain to help you and your team. Until next time, keep smiling.